the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Thanks for joining us. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with my co-host, Larry Jones, and we are going to talk all things healthcare. We've got a great show today. We do. It's going to be some interesting stuff. Lots in the news that we won't talk about and lots in the healthcare news that we will. How about that, Larry? That's exactly right. Good to see you, Dr. Mark. You too. You too. I think the uh, pollen is uh, getting a little bit better for you and I. Sounds like we might not have any coughing fits. I think you're a little bit better. Yeah, I think so. Hope so. Hope so. Well, let's just kick it off and start. By the way, we didn't get a call from Claritin or by last uh, yeah, week regarding sponsors. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> that, that's so much for that buzz marketing. I know. I don't, that's right. I don't know. Maybe they're just not listening. We need to, we need to, we need to use a little social marketing right. to get, get things going. Yep. All right. So how about a little bit of a COVID update? Yep. Probably the biggest thing in the news is that currently 49 out of 50 states have dropped mask mandates. Amazing. Everybody but Hawaii. Amazing. So interesting. So I guess we should talk a little bit about what that means. Well, let me ask you, does this mean that we're getting closer to ending the pandemic or does it just mean that we're learning to live with COVID and all the issues related to it, Dr. Mark? I I don't think anybody knows. I mean, I think that the reality is we have to see what happens. Right. And I think that a lot of people look for a lot of different markers in which they're trying to say, okay, this, this, here's the good news. Right. And, and obviously when we look at the number of new cases, we look at the number of hospitalizations, things have been going extremely well, knock on wood. Right. And people look towards things like spring break or holidays and say, oh, let's see what happens. So there's not really any of that happening right now. And it's a good kind of quiet time to start figuring out what we can do. Well, it's interesting that all 49 states have dropped mandate, yet the Democratic Party is still using it as a weapon. It is. It is. The mask, as we the said, it's still, still this yeah. policy and yeah. political And we're not going to get piece. into that. But. No, it, I, right. And it, it is interesting that you did get even the states with Democratic governors yep. have, have yep. leaned into that direction. Yep. And it's a little, you know, that's a little telling, yep. but, but it's still, I think it's going to carry on through because it's, it's a lose-lose, yeah. right? Because if right. things, if numbers go up, Everybody's going to say it's because of right, the mask. Right. If numbers go down, everyone's going to say, "See, we never needed masks." We're definitely so, moving yeah. in the right direction. Yeah, this is yeah. this is a piece, but I think more importantly, we'll talk a little bit about the vaccines and yep. where we are. Yep. Because I know that uh, you pulled up a couple of papers. Yep. And, there was an article in today's paper in mm-hmm, Orlando right? about the U.S. vaccination drive bottoming out. But before we get into the statistics, let me mention this: mm-hmm. Is this a reason for the unvaccinated not to get vaccinated now? No, because that doesn't change. You see where I'm going yeah, with this. Right. That doesn't yeah, change. Yeah. Like that that metric, the question has always been, do masks matter? Right. 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 And so so maybe that takes that away. But this shouldn't change yeah. a stance towards vaccination. Right. Because we're still seeing the same thing. Because it, it's great if it's there are fewer hospitalizations. 
But when the vast yes. majority are unvaccinated, yep. that's still the answer to keep yourself out of the hospital right. is to get well, vaccinated. I've got some data on this. The average number of Americans getting their first shot now is down to 90,000 a day. And if you remember, it was well over a half a million a day back right. during the height of the the pandemic. And, and in, in some senses, I mean, that, mm-hmm. that makes sense, right? Yep. Because yep. now we have what, 76% of the population has received one shot. That's right. So we're That's now right. down to just under a quarter of the population right. that could go out and get one. We've said all along that we're going to have a good 10 to 15% of people that will never, right. ever, ever, ever get a vaccine. Right. And so we're getting pretty close to that number. Well, the thing that hit me on this, Dr. Mark, is you mentioned the 76% have had one shot. 65% of the country is fully vaccinated. Right. We still haven't gotten to that 70% initial uh, yeah, which herd is, immunity Yeah, which is too low number. anyway. Which yeah, is too low yeah, anyway. which is, it should have been 80. And, right. But, but my, my issue is with the people that decided, which is 90 million people in this country, have not had any vaccination. Are these people now saying, see, I told you I didn't need the vaccination? Probably, probably. You know what I'm saying? But, but at yeah. the same time now, that, that herd immunity piece also takes into account people who have had the virus. Exactly. So, exactly. so when we're starting to dig through that data, and if mm-hmm. we can look at the number of unvaccinated mm-hmm. that were hospitalized, we can yeah. throw them into that, add them to that 65%. Right. And I think we're starting to make some headway, I think right? We are, and yeah. so I think that's that's the number that really isn't spoken about because at the end of the day, we still want people to get vaccinated. So when they get the virus, if they get the virus, it'll be a milder case, right? Well, you know, an ongoing ongoing controversy that's always been is, well, if I had the vaccine, if I had the infection, I don't need the vaccine, right? Not actually. Right. Yeah. This week, there was a report came out reported by Fox News mm-hmm. that the CDC basically had not given the full story of how effective actual infections were compared to the vaccine. Evidently, actual infections had a higher immunity in anybody than they initially expected. Than initially and now expected. that's right. coming out, but, yeah, but yeah, not yeah. not as high as the vaccine. Not as high as that, but right. very very higher than what they originally right. played as. It. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's the that's kind of the problem. Sometimes it's the source, and sometimes it's the timing of the uh, the, the discussion. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, when we've learned that a booster made a difference. That starts to shake up with well, you know, what is the definition of fully vaccinated? Right, right. And yeah, I mean, I think that's that's one piece. And and before we jump on, I know mm-hmm. there's a good World Health Organization article, yeah. but I, I want to sort of dovetail okay what we're talking about, and that is that idea of a booster. What is the definition of fully vaccinated? And, Correct. And who yeah. is really saying that you need anything else? Right. That's right. That's and so the only group still. Saying well, that that people need a the fourth. pharma companies, the pharma and we're going to talk about that in a minute too. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that that well, that's why I say let's let's yeah. jump into that. The, okay. okay. I mean, where we we said this last week. Why do we think it's in the news? Yep. Well, look who's saying it. Well, exactly. And, and it's a huge amount of money yeah. has been. And made let me throw a number piece. at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drug makers reported fourteen billion in revenue of COVID nineteen treatments in twenty twenty one. Yeah. Which honestly. Is less than I would have expected, yep. considering yep. the amount of penetration of the population that had to be cared exactly. for. Yep. I, I wonder if that number, yep. how they calculated it out, did they calculate? I mean, it, it's well, we're talking yep. shot four now, so that'll yep. increase that right. dramatically. Exactly, exactly. So, but you know, the companies that really benefited by this were Eli Lilly, right, Gilead Sciences, Vecleri, and Merck. 
So, and those were the monoclonal antibody groups. Those, and, and Regeneron Pharmaceuticals. That was yeah. the other one. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, and, and actually, those, they were 5.8 billion of that 14 billion. Just the monoclonal. Just the monoclonal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes, yeah. that, that does make sense. Yeah. Because that was a, a, a treatment that wasn't always free. Right. And, and, and we, we talk about free. None of it yep. was free. It was just being paid for yep. by either insurance or government. Right. So, so yeah, so I, I just wanted to kind of throw well, that I'm together. I'm glad but you did, Dr. Mark, because the issue here that you're really relating to, is it the FDA, is it the CDC, or is it the pharma companies right. that are promoting these things? And the issue really is Pfizer's come out and said, we're yeah. thinking we might need a fourth shot. Right, right. The CDC saying we're not so no, sure no, that's no. necessary. No, not not even less. They're saying even so, less than that. So where is the confidence of the American people? Well, it, the issue becomes it's presented to them, and depending on what they believe and how they feel, you can sort of pick your poison, right? You can say, well, I heard this. Well, right. when you find out that came from the guy that's going to benefit from it because yep. he runs yep. the company – as opposed to the CDC, or you always say, well, the CDC has been wrong, so maybe they're wrong too. Exactly. So, I mean, it, you or can we've go, been given you misinformation. Round and yeah. round in circles. Yeah. Round and yeah. round in circles. Yeah. So, so we're not going to get anywhere with but that. But, you know, yeah. our show is all about the truth about U.S. Absolutely. healthcare. Yep. And, Dr. Mark, we're always going to tell the truth. Yep. It's going to be based on fact. And, we're, and it's not going to be based on spin or yep. political opinion. And, and I think at times, you know, we get misled. Right. And we try to we try to come back and put if, that. But but that's, if we that's state something that true, we'll be. come back and say oh, for sure. we made a mistake. For sure, that's right. And that's it's still right. a, it's still a learning a learning curve for yeah. sure. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk. You mentioned the World Health Organization yes. a minute ago, and I want to go back to some early shows that we did back in you know mid to, to spring of 2021. Okay. You had made a comment that the only way to beat this thing is that the U.S. being the leader in the free world mm-hmm. has to help vaccinate the world. Correct. And Correct. what a great comment, Mark, because – Dr. Mark, because today the World Health Organization announced it is creating a global training center to help poor countries make vaccines. Nice. Nice. Is that sweet? Yeah, that's nice. And, and, and you know, it's an organization that's taken a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of heat for good reason. Yeah. But that that seems to be the yeah. right direction. And this World Health Organization is going to talk. They're going to concentrate on antibodies and cancer treatments using the mm-hmm. messenger RNA technology that has been successfully used right. in the COVID vaccines. Yeah, we should probably kind of. This is something that we've talked about in the past as well. Yeah. Like everybody was screaming, "How did they make this vaccine so fast?" Well, it was right. almost completely made because they've been working on... Because it was RNA technology. Yeah, it's RNA technology. That's right, that's right. And interestingly, call it coincidence, mm-hmm. the the protein that they were making was actually from COVID viruses. Mm-hmm. Not not right, the virus right, that causes right, COVID-19, right. but other coronaviruses. Right. And I said COVID virus, but other yeah. coronaviruses. So they were already working with pieces of... And the way they do this is... They, they've got a computer that you mm-hmm. plug in the exact order and how you want to build this strand of mRNA. Mm-hmm. So you can build any protein and put it into this vaccine. So that's why they're talking about cancer. So if you, okay. If okay. you have a, a patient with cancer and you can, you can get a piece of the DNA mm-hmm. and then RNA, you can actually code in what you want that mRNA to look like, right. give it as a vaccine, the body creates an antibody to that, so then when they see, the body sees the cancer cell, mm-hmm. it recognizes that one protein and it fights it and it fights yep. it. I got you. And the mRNA is kind of cool because it doesn't go it's, it doesn't go into or out of the nucleus of the cell. Okay, it, it's on the outer portion, 
And that's where it gets into that part of the cell. And then that cell yeah. makes the protein, in this case, an antibody. And so it can. It can actually fight cancers. Great biology lesson, Dr. So, Mark. So, I mean, this is all – I mean, it was – the timing was impeccable. Yeah. yeah. And and I what I'm curious about, Larry, is if we're going to turn around and look at some of our other vaccines that we give, mm-hmm. be it the flu vaccine. Right. If we can find a protein that is in common with different strains of flu – Mm-hmm. and create an mRNA vaccine against that, then that's going to improve our treatment yeah. of the flu. Well, it's interesting you talk about that, but I want to finish up with the WHO, mm-hmm. uh, with the health organization, but we're going to talk a little bit about biosimilars right. and crossovers of those drugs. That's basically what you're referring to, Dr. Mark. It is, yeah, yeah. like other uses for yeah. the same thing. Okay. Yep. But anyway, and the director general of the World Health Organization indicated that this new hub is going to be located in South Korea mm-hmm. and will share mRNA technology being developed by who and the partners in South Africa, right? where scientists are working to create the COVID vaccine that was made by Moderna. So they're trying to recreate it. Yeah, yeah but, that makes, it's not, but yeah. Moderna is not involved in this. Right. Yep. But the thing that I think is important is currently Africa produces 1% of the world's COVID vaccines and only 11% of their population is vaccinated. Yeah. Well, you know, India was doing a huge percentage yep. and they had almost nobody vaccinated. Yeah, so, that's right. So yep. where, where it's made and where it gets deployed is about that's money. Right. It's not about location. Right. But last week, the WHO said that six African countries, Egypt, Kenya, Nigeria, Senegal, South Africa, and Tunisia would receive this technology, mm-hmm. know how to make the RNA vaccines. Yeah, so they're actually going to build labs that can yeah. construct the, yeah. the vaccine. And then also they're going to go to five of the more uh, third world countries like Bangladesh, Indonesia, Pakistan, Serbia, and Vietnam. Interesting. I All thought right, well, that's, that's a that great is, initiative. Yeah, that is, who. absolutely. We're going to take a quick break, and right. when we come back, we're going to move on from this topic and get back into U.S. healthcare. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and we are ready to talk and get into segment two. What do you got for me this week, Larry? Well, you know, now that we've beat up COVID for the day, yeah, all uh, done. let's talk a little bit about the health policy news 
finally, the yeah, Senate voted great. to give the FDA its first permanent commissioner since the Biden administration went into office some 13 months ago. Hey, it's only been a year? How long? Yeah. Is it? I mean, what? And yet, and what's the FDA pandemic? do anyway? Yeah. Right. yeah. Obviously, they don't need a director. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's it's Robert Califf, and I tell you, he's yep. probably quite relieved that he wasn't the director for this last 13 months. That's true. Because it, it's yep. kind of, now he's in the sweet spot. Yep. He could be yep. remembered as the one that pulled it off, that, you know, and made it, it, made it go yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this could have been a, a good plan. A good but plan. again, you know, he's no stranger to the agency. He no, no, previously he was, he's served yep. as FDA commissioner in the first year of the Trump administration. Interesting. Yep, back, yeah. in, back in 2017, yeah. 2016, And then he was commissioner for medical products and tobacco for about 12 months during the Trump administration when he left the FDA. Hmm. So so I wonder if that was yeah. – was that the holdup? I mean, I, I wasn't following this. I wonder if that yeah. was the political holdup and the, why it literally took a year yeah. for an FDA. Right. I mean, come on. That's, well, that's if you nuts. remember when uh, he was – what Biden was inaugurated January 20th, 2021. Mm-hmm. And in February of 2021, he appointed an acting director. Right, right. And he's been there since. a physician, and it, I believe it was a she – Mm-hmm. And she had been there for that time period until they finally brought in uh, Dr. Califf. Interesting. Yep. yep. Well, we'll we'll see how uh, yep. see if that makes any difference. I'm sure yep. I, I, yep. I shouldn't be. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Let's say no, it's an important post, but it is kind of crazy that it gets pushed so politically that yep. it takes 13 yep. months to right. get get them. Well, it's it's interesting though. You know, Dr. Mark, we've tried to go through and give our listeners. Who are the key players in Washington yeah. mm-hmm. that represent the different major offices right. that apply to health care? Right, right. And and that's been a spot that we, we actually – We've stayed we, on that. We, well, yeah. we, we kind of quit talking about it because there was no news. That's right. And that's so, right. so here that's we go. Right. So, so now we'll have somebody yeah. else to uh, to look at when they talk about FDA approvals. Yep. And, All you know, right. we keep talking about the pharmaceutical industry. And as, sure. if, as long as we're talking health care, we'll be talking about the pharmaceutical uh, industry. They made more headlines in 2021 – than in any other year in recent memory. In 2022's so. probably not going to be much different. No, probably not. I mean, I think it's it's always it's the the biggest business in healthcare. Yep. So there's always going to be the next new thing and and because of the way our system sets up there's sort of two prongs that that make the system work the way it does. One is the US patent laws, right? So when a when a great drug comes out and it gets its patent for its usage that has a clicking clock, right. a ticking clock, sorry. It does. A ticking clock. And so eventually that is no longer going to be sold and, at its premium price. And, and it's interesting, Dr. Mark, you mentioned that ticking clock. If you recall, in January of 2021, there were 250 branded drugs that became uh, opportunities for generics. 250? 250 drugs. Yeah. Yep. So so then, so there's a couple of ways that you can get around this. So, so let's say that you're... You own a a big pharma company, and you've got a drug that's about to go go off the list, and and someone can make it in a generic product and really cut into your sales. Mm-hmm. You can look for a different indication for the drug, right? Uh, you can also just alter the drug a little bit and and make it make different, or you can go a whole new route. Right. So depending on the technology you have set up, but that's typically where you see these up and coming companies mm-hmm. that are developing new drugs as opposed to seeing the same company come up with the next drug. So there's a little bit of right. a bounce around right. and, and they may get acquired by the by the other company because another big it. part yeah. of pharma outside of research is sales. Well, it's interesting. You know, there's three things that uh, have come up in the news about trends in pharmacy for this coming year, this 2022 
And the first one you're going to have to talk about, but it's that biosimilar interchangeability between branded and generic drugs. Right. You want to talk to that for a minute, Dr. Mark? Well, we, we look at the generic drug as being the same as the original. Right. right? And the question has That's always become— That's how they try become, to sell it. Right. And, and the question always comes down to whether it is or it is not. Right. And um, I can tell you a lot of clinical people— they don't buy it. They don't that. buy it. They don't buy it. And My wife's a critical care nurse. She doesn't buy it at all. And, and I think it's more a, a quality assurance mm-hmm. issue than anything else because we get a lot of these generics from outside of the country. We get a lot of the primaries from outside of the country too. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a difference because when you see the the recalls and medications that have occurred over yeah. the decades, they are almost always a generic. Uh-huh. Okay, and that hurts the primary branded drug. Right, but if there's a recall on a branded drug, that usually happens yeah. pretty early in its in, in its introduction. Well, right? let me let me throw something at you that I know you're going to know a lot about. You know, when they talk about the production of generics, the production of biologics can't be cannot be exactly replicated each and every time. But it's almost like different vintages of wine. And Dr. Mark, you're really you, you're a wine guy. That I can the, talk about. I was getting worried yeah. here. I thought I was going to have to talk about biologics. No, so I'd rather no. talk about wine. The same wines in the same vineyard produce a slightly different product in each vineyard. And, Wine from a neighboring vineyard yeah. may be extremely similar, but not identical. Right. Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, so that's called okay. terroir. It's a hard word I to say. I knew you knew about yeah, this. Terroir. So, <laughs> so, and, and it's funny. I, I really have never spoken about it in, in, in pharma. Right. But, yes, all those things come into play because these are – creations that are recipes it's you know it's they're, they're almost they're created in a laboratory just okay. like you create a souffle in the kitchen right and so what you put into it how much what the surroundings are they try to keep those as uniform as possible but there are going to be differences right. now i i suppose i mean it really depends on the particular medication the particular drug and what it looks like but sure i mean there's going to be changes mm-hmm. and i mean i i wonder all the time you know when i yeah you know, taking a blood pressure medication and, and you go to the, the generic form, right. how do you know? I mean, right. and, and you, I think a lot of people do see that, you know what, it's not keeping things under control as well as that original. Right. Well, you know, pharmacists are getting a larger role in advising patients. And now this interchangeability will allow our pharmacists to swap these biosimilars similar to a generic. And the key here is unless there's been some lobbying to preserve the higher cost of the branded drug, Dr. Mark. Yeah. Well, I think we've seen, a lot, of, we've seen a lot of changes. Yeah. We've yeah. seen the direct marketing to the consumer. I mm-hmm. mean, that's been a big play for these branded drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got p- patients with a with an issue that see this on television, and they take it to their physician and say, hey, well, what about this? So that, mm-hmm. that, that was a big shakeup, right? right? And I think a lot of people have, have – a lot of physicians have argued that that may not be the best way. But I have to say that it does – keep the physician challenged to keep up. Yeah. So I don't I don't see that it's all bad. Yeah, because your patients are coming in there asking yep. for it. But I'll tell you what yep. the big the big stop is mm-hmm. when you turn around and say, you know what, you're right, let's give that a try, your insurance doesn't cover it. That's right. Because insurance right. is going to say, no, there's plenty of good dr- and maybe this, this is, is a called good thing. step therapy. Yep. yep. Maybe it's that's a good right. thing. Yep. You know, that that there's another yep. drug out there that's considerably less expensive right. that has shown to be just as efficacious. Okay. And you know, since I mentioned the term step therapy, explain that to our listeners, Dr. Mark. Are you talking about the different levels of yeah. medications? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so let's say uh, since I mentioned hypertension before, mm-hmm. let's say someone has a new diagnosis of essential hypertension. Typically you're not going to start them out on the brand new 
drug that is a compilation of three different medications and packaged up with this cool, sexy name that just came out last year. You're going to start them on, say, a calcium channel blocker that's been around forever. The more like cost-effective drug. It, well, it's definitely – yeah, Mo- it's definitely cheaper. So, okay. so uh, c- cost effective yep. is the question on how well it works. But, but it's tried and true. Okay, and it has worked well in the general population. Okay. So, since you're new, we're going to we're going to try on that. Now, if you fail that therapy and you come back and say this is not working for you, we've got the dosing where it needs to be, and your pressure is still high, we may go to a tier two drug, and the tier is is really defined by the mm-hmm. insurance company. Because the insurance company is saying, okay, we'll pay for this. That's tier one. But now tier two, there's going to be a copay for it. It's a little more because we need to offset the price of that because now you're needing something more. And then if that doesn't work, they can – you have to get special permission typically to get a prescription filled for a tier three. Right. right. And in fact, I know that when a a physician prescribes a drug, if they actually put – uh, prescribe as written on yeah. the prescription. Right, you'll get what they ask right for. now. Now, if you're just talking about generic versus branded, right? Yes, because a yeah. lot of a lot of the generics. I'm sorry, a lot of the brandeds mm-hmm. are still tier one, tier two, right? And so right. that's so that's okay. Yeah. And but but if they're a lot, the pharmacists are going to tell you yeah. if if I don't write as written or some of that's the right. some of the scripts prescribe actually have as it, written have it actually yep. on as a checkbox. Mm-hmm. And uh, interestingly, our local hospitals are like not letting us write prescription anymore. We have to do it on a computer. Okay, you know, so, so it's you're, all so you're e, checking the e, box. E pharmacy, and yeah. and a lot of them will say generic substitution allowed. Right, right. So right, you have to cross right. through that unless you check yeah, it. Unless you check yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So you're right, and and mm-hmm. I think it, it is. It, it makes sense to me that a, a pharmacist, if they're if I write for Claritin. Uh, right. I know well, that's that's over yeah. the counter now, but let's say I wrote and for every, Claritin. Every far, every every yep. major. Like Publix, CVS, yep. Walgreens, they all have a generic. They all have a generic, and, and they'll, right. they'll, they'll typically right. ask you, yep. say, well, yep. you know, generic yep. is going to be a lot cheaper for you. Right, right. So not all bad. A lot cheaper. Yeah, a yeah. lot. Oh, yeah. And, but again, I think you mentioned something earlier. One of the things that can rein this in, if you would, is whether the payer is going to pay for it or not, whether your insurance company oh, covers sure. it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going to walk in and say, uh, like I – Oh, well, here's a good example. Let's mm-hmm. say that you, you've been on a blood pressure medication. It's working just fine. Mm-hmm. And, but you go in for your annual visit, and you're going in, and you're seeing a new doctor. Your doctor retired, and uh, you got a new doctor, and the new doctor looks at your stuff and says, hey, listen, I'm just going to write you for this other, you know, I really have had mm-hmm. good experience with this, and I think this is a really good medication. So you go in, and you get the pharmacy gives you a text and says you're, you can come pick up your, your medication, right. and now that'll be $98. <laughs> You know, and and you were yep. paying nothing for the yep. other one. That's so right. That's going to get your attention pretty yeah, you darn quick. Well, right? chances are you won't pick it up. Chances are you're, yep. you're, you'll be going back to that's that generic. Right. That's right. You know? That's right. So so it is. That's that yep. is something that that definitely happens. Yep. Now, three years down the road, that drug. Well, probably seven years down the mm-hmm. road, that drug is now going to be cheaper. Right. And you know, as competition drives, because the down, brand uh, yeah. has wore out its. Uh, yeah. It's, it's it's welcome. It's, it's time frame. Well, yeah. that's what has yeah. to happen to the to the branded drugs. Mm-hmm. They have to decide: do they even want to stay in the market? And you'll right. see a right. lot of medications, a lot of antibiotics have done this, yeah. where the brand it's just gone because yeah. they can't show that they, there's any increased efficacy. And he, mm-hmm. I got an, I got one more interesting one. Okay, where I, I don't know, maybe I hope our listeners think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. There there is a, a well, it's medication. It's always interesting when you're talking about whether you can get your drugs or not. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this this is particularly this is a uh, in hospital drug, and so it was 
uh, I think it started running run, run about $40 a dose for this medication. Okay. And it ran through its period of time when a generic was then allowed. And another company had already put a bid on the rights to bring in the generic. And the generic was about a third of the price, right? Well, here's the interesting part, Larry. Both drugs are made in the same place, same factory. Same, it's the same drug. Literally, the same, the same ingredients. Yeah. Oh, it's only one yeah. ingredient. Same label. I'm, I'm sorry, different label. Yeah. Everything about it is the same, but the label. So in that yeah. case, it makes no sense to keep the branded drug around. Right, makes no sense at all. Right, but right. so anyway, that that was something well, recent. That you know, yeah. we're we're getting uh, to the end of our second segment here. Yeah, but we're going to continue talking about pharmacy trends for 2022 when we come back, Doctor Mark. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at TheAnswerOrlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion on the go. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with my co-host, Larry Jones. Larry, when we left off, we were still we were talking about trends of 2022 yep. in, in pharma. Exactly. So let's, there's, there's a couple more that we wanted yep. to cover. Well, we talked about the biosimilar inter- interchangeability, and that yep. was a great bio- biology lesson you gave us there, Dr. Mark. Okay. But uh, the other two are really, where's, where's it going with COVID-19 treatments mm-hmm. and then fine-tuning, fast-tracking? So let's talk about the COVID treatments first. Well, I mean, I think we've seen what we're going to see, the patterns for COVID medications. I think that that monoclonal antibodies are going to be further evaluated for lots of different things. Yep. And I think that, that for COVID treatment, that's going to be a piece. And then, you know, working towards non-IV things, yep. things that are actually over the, Absolutely. You know, that we can pick yep. up yep. at the pharmacy and take the COVID as a pills. Pill. The COVID pills, yeah, the right. COVID pill. They actually believe that we're going to see an entire new weapon in our arsenal against the pandemic this year, and it's the COVID-19 pills. And see, and that's going to be interesting worldwide because mm-hmm. if we are not as successful, which we, we're not going to be as successful yeah. in the vaccine mm-hmm. around the world, right? So if we have some medication that can shorten the expansion, because all of the spread is going to be dependent on two things: one, how spreadable. Like we we saw that that uh, you know certain ones, Omicron yeah. and Delta, were, were how infectious more, they are. Yeah, they were more yeah. communicable right. than right. De- than right. Alpha. So that's going to be one piece of it. Okay. And the other piece of it is how long are you sick and shedding virus? 
So because the longer you're right, sanctioning right, buyers, the more right. people that you're going to be exposed to. And so, if you're vaccinated, that yep. period drops significantly. Significantly, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so if we move out of the the if we're if we're really focusing on people that are vaccinated, how long are they going to put up with this? Are they going to try to get a year? We don't know. We don't know right, what, what right. makes sense. But if there's another option, then that's that's what we're going to well, be. When they at. talk about the COVID nineteen treatments, they're really targeting the pill. Because it could be somewhat comparable to like Tamiflu is with the influenza. Right, right. And then the issue is prior to the COVID pills, all treatment for COVID was IV. IV. Yeah, whether it it was your – whether it was getting your vaccine or getting your monoclonal antibody. Yep. So there is – and there is – I think uh, it is – it's Merck Merck that came out with the first pill. Is that correct? Yes, And so so we haven't heard much – about results on yep, that. Yep. It hasn't been a heavily touted treatment. It hasn't. And so, yep. you know, it may just mean that. In we, fact, we if you remember, next. it was in very scarce supply. Yeah, yep. Yep. Early well, on. They, well, they, they didn't produce very much. Yeah. And, but that's the issue that happens with Tamiflu. Right. And Tamiflu is generic. Yep. Right. And uh, I've taken Tamiflu a couple of times. It works. A, yeah, it, it really does. If yeah. you've actually got yeah. influenza, yeah. that's almost like the diagnosis, you know, when yeah. you, how you feel awful and it yeah. really does bring you back. So if we can get yeah. something like that, but these are very different viruses. So it's not going to be like, because mm-hmm. people were taking Tamiflu for COVID. Right. And it's just, right. it doesn't play out the same exactly. way. It's not, right. it's not yep. working in the yep. same fashion. But you know, aside from the COVID-19 treatments and the biosimilar interchangeability, the last one, and, and we can talk about this for a while, because you actually made a call on this early on, and that's fine tuning and fast tracking drugs. And a perfect example of the ups and downs of that is the Adahem Alzheimer drug. Right. Yeah. That That's, Still, probably the medication story of the uh, of twenty twenty one. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. Yeah. so you know, here we get a fast track approval for medication for this uh, a horrible and terribly common disease, yep. Alzheimer's, and hope you hope know, for the hope, last twenty I mean, years. It, it kinda, yep. pe- people have yep. want this so badly. I, I think that was the error. They wanted it so yep, badly that's right. that it sort of masked yep. out the fact that it wasn't well evaluated yep. and it was going to be way too expensive to make right, it work right. in the system. But, you know, it's interesting. And, and I think you're spot on on the Adahem, but fast tracking for oncology drugs is not uncommon. No, no. And, and obviously very logical. It is because they yeah. come up with specific treatments, yeah. and you'll see those advertised, right? Right. You'll see them, and, right. and you, you're right. essentially still part of a study, but in many cases, they'll tell you this is if you've typically failed the primary therapy, right? Right. Or right. it's a right. type of cancer that is known to be very yeah. unsuccessfully yeah. treated with what we currently have. Right. So, yeah, fast, and fast the, as you and can be. And the only way you can get what you're talking about without fast-tracking drugs is in clinical trials. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that yeah. the biggest complaint that you have heard over the decades for the FDA is that, you know, there are drugs that are available in other countries, available in Europe uh, to treat certain cancers per, and, and other things, but certain cancers mm-hmm. that aren't available here because there's not enough data. And so the fast track is one way around that. Right. And they can use information from Europe. Right. And get an idea. So it's it's typically not something, you know, somebody cooked up in their in their uh, garage right. and said, hey, this is going to work. Right. And and selling it like snake oil. It's typically something that's shown efficacy in other markets and they want to fast track it through and, and whether they do it as, as right. a new study right. or not. But right. that that's very important. Well, you know, I think over the last two years, particularly the degree in which the world relies on pharmacy and the pharmaceutical industry has certainly been on display 
Oh, these last couple of years. No, we, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, yeah. so I mean, look at Moderna. Moderna's been around for I think about ten years. Yep. You know what they make? Only that vaccine. That's right. That's their That's only right. product, and yet so, they're a household name today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and Pfizer is a household name. Well, but Biogen made that vaccine. That's right. And That's they, right. it's just That's that right. they didn't have the where the the money and the backing, so they to Pfizer joined it. with them to market it because yeah. they had yeah. that. Oh yeah. yeah, so that that was their only thing. Yeah. So, so really, when you tie up what did I say? Biogen. It's not Biogen. Uh, I think it is Biogen. Is it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Throwing it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. But yeah. anyway, to tie up the three trends for pharmacy, you know, you've got interchangeable biosimilars, the COVID-19 uh, treatments, and then fine-tuning and fast-tracking drugs. Yeah. I mean, that's what is uh, predicted for 2022 and 2023 yeah, in I the mean, pharmaceutical industry. It's, a, pre- it's a pretty easy one. Yeah. That's a pretty easy prediction. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. uh, it's it's not dissimilar to what we had in 2019, um, yep. you know, be, before COVID-19. So. But, you know, in, 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 in all fairness to our listeners, too, the degree of profits involved in this is just off the charts. Oh, it is. And somehow, some way, the consumer has to have the, uh, what would you call they it? They need an the, option. The, the option, that's right. Yeah to make sure that they're getting drugs, but they're getting it at a reasonable rate, Dr. Martin. No doubt. And and we, we've seen that that's not exactly where we're going. That's not how it works. And, and, and part of that yeah. is, we've talked about this before, part of that is because they we're paying for the development of a medication yep. that's going to be sold all yep. over the world, but we're picking up the tab for what it actually costs. Yep. But and you know, I mean, in, that's in reality, think about it, Dr. Mark. What if you had a parent that you knew was in their 70s or 80s and they went to get their drugs and they couldn't afford it and they went home without it. No, yeah. Do you know it happens every day in 50% of uh, people over age 65, Dr. Mark? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Every day. Yep. No, I mean, people, it's like we said earlier, somebody walks in and they were expecting to walk out for free or for a couple of bucks and and it's a $100 hit. And then not only those fixed income elderly people – if you recall, we we threw out a stat a while back where if the copay of a drug went up ten dollars, twenty five percent of the population wouldn't pick it up. Twenty. That's right. That's right. Remember we that? Have, we have talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was uh, I was a little distracted, but it's that's not okay. Biogen. It's BioNTech. So, that's it. So that's we did it in. Okay. If we, we do it, we in got segment, the bio part right. Yeah, in segment corrections, don't they don't count? Okay. Hey, okay. Bottom that's, line that should is be our Pfizer. Role. Yeah. So it was BioNTech. Yeah. So yeah. BioNTech had the mRNA technology, had it pinned down to do this vaccine for for our, this yep. coronavirus, and Pfizer partnered with them yep. to, to make it happen yep. financially. So great. All right. Good conversation. Great biology lesson, Doctor Mark. I don't know about that, Larry, but uh, <laughs> but I'm going to keep trying. Yeah. I learn a lot. All the time, Dr. Mark, from you. All right. Well, what else you got there, Larry? You know, you sent me a picture the other day, and I thought it was quite interesting because we'd been talking about Village MD and Walgreens. Yes. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I was just uh, driving back from the coast, and I looked Mm -hmm. to my left, and I see a a Walgreens, and uh, they've got the Walgreens logo. Right. And and then right next to it in equal-sized letters, wasn't it? It said Village MD. Right, right. So fortunately, yeah. I was at a stoplight. I grabbed the phone. Yep. I took the picture, and uh, and actually, one of one of my sons right. uh, sent text that to you. 
Well, it's interesting. When you when I saw that, I didn't know if you had taken that picture or you had copied it from someone. Yeah, but right. Now that I yep. find out you actually took yeah, it from right a pharmacy street. on Colonial Drive in Orlando. Yep. That was interesting. And, you know, we did talk about the merger with yes. Village MD. Yes. But Village MD's announced some new things, too. Mm-hmm. They've announced their intent to acquire a chronic care management platform. The company is called Healthy Interactions. Okay. And this company uses virtual and in-person education to help patients manage their chronic conditions like diabetes, uh, COPD, congestive heart failure. And it's a combination of both virtual and primary care visits in these Village MDs. And if you remember, they've opened up uh, primary care uh, centers all over the country. Right, right. They're definitely going to expand. And there are a number of organizations and companies that are doing that that type of thing that Healthy Interactions is doing. So I think that every time that we see a group that sort of steps into that next level of healthcare delivery like Walgreens yep. is, like CVS has done, yep. that we're going to see yep. them pick a partner yep. that's going to be able to work on that telemedicine side. Mm-hmm. And really important, Larry, what we do at IPN, following mm-hmm. the data, yep. making sure care gaps are yep. closed. And that's what that's what these companies yep. are doing. So they're they're getting the information from different places, right. but, but they're kind of doing the same thing. But so the thing that I think we need to look out because our whole – Life is about preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine. Mm-hmm. And when these large companies like this with, with you know, vast deep pockets come in, are they challenging and taking business away from our independent primary care physicians? Well, they absolutely are. And I think yeah, that, that yeah. primary care has a lot to worry about moving yes. forward. I think that we're going we're gonna to see issues yeah. there and we're going to see, you know, some of these companies yeah. have their own insurance companies. But the thing that, that, and and you're the physician here. You're the clinician. Is a village MD going to be the same as a primary care physician who's going to keep your H and P history and physical mm-hmm. and know what your chronic illnesses are on a regular basis? Larry, it's urgent care. That's exactly it's, it's, what it it's is. Urgent yeah, care. Yeah. And and that and urgent care. So it's fragmented healthcare yeah, is what absolutely. you're talking about. It, yeah. Urgent care is attractive because it's convenient. Uh, you know, we yep. all hate making appointments and having to block this time off. So, so on, on the one hand, it may increase the number of quote unquote annual visits that occur, True, but the annual visit kind of like those biosimilars, it's not exactly like the real thing. It's going to be fragmented. It's going to be fragmented and and it's just, it's going to be a a different experience. And and how does a diabetic or a COPD or a coronary artery disease Deal with fragmented no, healthcare. They can't. They can't. They'll end up in the They'll hospital, in the costing hospital. thousands yeah. and thousands yeah. of dollars. Yeah, no, that is, yeah. and that's that, that's these tracking groups that yep. that yep. are are there to try to close that yep. gap. But quite frankly, our independent care, our physicians do a really yep. good job with that yep. already. Yep. You know, so so yeah, that that is that yep. that I don't know, I, disappointing to me. Yeah, it is, and and I think we're going to have to watch that very closely. And again, we're going to do a piece on where private equity has impacted healthcare. Right. We talk about it a lot, but we've actually got a lot of information on that. Yeah. Um, and, and this is this is yeah. that next step because there's right. Right. E- even more money in these groups. Yeah. But we've talked about Walgreens and Village MD. We're going to talk about CVS when we come back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. Our website is healthcarenow.us. You can email us at follow us at healthcarenow.us. But Dr. Mark will be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry.
The Integrated Independent Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, ipnetworkflorida.com. Navigate the healthcare process like never before. Due to popular demand, Healthcare Now is also airing on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, Larry Jones, and Dr. Mark on Healthcare Now, Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1. AM 950, FM 94.9, The Answer, and at theanswerorlando.com. Take The Answer with you wherever you go. TheAnswerOrlando.com. Tune in. iHeart and Odyssey.com. News, opinion, passion. On the go. AM 950, FM 94.9. The Answer. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with my co-host, Larry Jones. And last segment, I think we were talking a little bit about Walgreens. And since, again, the buzz marketing isn't working. That's right. So we're going to talk about CVS now. Exactly. We don't play favorites here, Dr. Mark. So specifically, CVS, they're looking for a way to relieve overworked pharmacists with a new policy, Larry. And you you brought this up. Let's talk about that. You know, in an effort to reduce stress on their overburdened pharmacists, CVS announced... February, the beginning, actually next week, most of their pharmacies will be closed for lunch between one thirty and 2 o'clock. Okay. Now, if you ask me, that's a late lunch. <laughs> it could be, yeah. Because they, well, what time do the pharmacies open? I mean, those stores Usually are, open at 7. 7? Oh, yeah, wow. Some, some 8. Okay. That's, now, I will tell you, people like morning. Publix, I think they open at 9. Gotcha. But gotcha. CVS and Walgreens, you usually open pretty early. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Well, that that is a late one. That yeah. is a late one. But they also close before the stores close as well, too. Okay. Now, but now here, again, here, here's my question. Uh huh. They getting paid for that lunch? It's <laughs> a good question. I mean, it's fair because yeah. because I think it's a good idea. I hope that's I mean, not a cost cutting measure exactly. by CVS. I, I I think that's exactly what that's we need to do. That's an interesting uh, comment, Doctor. We, we, we need to bring a CVS pharmacist on the line. Let's and, ask and find out. I yeah. talk to CVS all the time. So oh, yeah. next time I'm in there, I'm going to ask them, do you get paid for your half hour off? Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. I think that's but the question. But the uh, uh, CVS spokesman made the comment. We're, we're, so, we're so cynical, dude. We're so I'm cynical. You. Okay, well, no, you brought that up, not I me. did. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the uh, CVS spokesman made the comment, we want to make sure our pharmacists and pharmacy techs are at their best at all times, and they are being Heavily pressured today with all the pandemic and all the meds that are going on, and we want to make sure that we can support their schedules accordingly. Yeah, I mean it does make sense yeah. because they're like every other industry. You know, their supply chain has been interrupted, and so they're yeah. they're having to yeah. move things from one place to That's another. Right. And right. even though you may have been going to your pharmacy for lots of years, and you're yeah. like, look, I come in here every yeah. three months, get my three months thing filled, and why isn't yeah. this here? It's because it's yeah. not. Well, you know, anybody that runs a, a business knows you have a rolling uh, lunch break. Yeah. You, you certain people get it, and then they, they yeah, right, roll right. it. Yep. But Walgreens has decided that that's going to be really closed. interruptive, and so now they're just going to shut it down altogether. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a good idea. It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, but you've walked, you've walked into these places where there's been one person. Yep. Right? Yep. And, and, I mean, they've got no relief. That's so right. That's right. A one tech and one in. pharmacist. Yeah. I yeah. mean, looking or at— Or the pharmacist is doing it all. Pharmacists doing it yeah, all, and then right. now with maybe a couple of techs, but they're now the pharmacists yeah. is having to break out and do injections, yep, and yep. Or, or they're doing COVID tests, right? I mean, every time I walk into a Walgreens or CVS, there's invariably a sign on the door that either says 
this location is not doing vaccines or this location is not doing testing. Because you can imagine, I mean, or you can get your flu shot here. Yeah, right, right. So, (laughs) yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, you know, the thing that that hit me when I saw this is I think it's great for the pharmacist, but how many people that are picking up their drugs and they get in there at 125 or or 135 and they're going to sit there and wait a half an hour? Right. Well, I think that's why they made it just a half hour because they couldn't take an hour break because. At least if you're yeah. if you're lucky, maybe you you, you don't have that long. You know what's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how the consumer mm-hmm. and the patient adapts to this, right? But also whether other pharmacies adapt this type of program as well, or if they get more because business. guess yeah. what? If I if I always go get my pharmacy at my meds at one thirty, maybe I'll just move it over to Walgreens. Yeah. CVS is going to be open. No, you're right. You're right. You know, but the yeah. there are a lot of things come into that decision though right because like right. each one of these groups what's the name well, now it, insurance it, companies only cover certain exactly uh, pharmacies exactly as well. and you may have your yep. cvs was it a care, caremark yep caremark yep. Uh-huh. so caremark which actually goes to and cvs Aetna bought cvs yep and so walgreens won't use cvs exactly i mean a blue cross well, yeah, won't we'll use, use walgreens, walgreens. Uh, cvs I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah yep and let and, me say that again yeah start back blue cross will not use cvs because Aetna owns them Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And CVS, but their their prescription card, the Carmark card, is taken Caremark. at yep. like Caremark mm-hmm. is taken by places like Publix. That's right. That's so, right. So so yep. they just have there's deals and but but how how do you find these things out? Yeah. I mean, you find these things out typically after you've yep. gone on, you've gone on the marketplace, and last year you had Oscar, and yep. this year you've got Blue Cross Blue Shield, and everything yep. changed, and you don't know that till you go in and pick right. up your meds. And suddenly, your meds that were two bucks mm-hmm. are a hundred bucks again. That's because right. Because they try to file it, and they That's say, "Oh, right. well, you don't That's have right. a pharmacy plan." Right. But you actually have a pharmacy plan. Yep. There's just no way for them to. Well, know it's it. all about knowing your your benefits and knowing how to use them. Well, I mean, I think that's that's the lesson at the beginning of the year. Yep. Yep. You know, you you've got to got to kind of review things. Yep. And whenever you go to call in a prescription or go in to pick it up, you want to talk to the pharmacist about right. that and say, "How yep. are you charging me for this? Yep. Is this is this?" Going to go well, I'm glad you mentioned that because the health exec did a study on this not mm-hmm. too long ago, and the bottom line of the study was 77% of people responded that they view pharmacists as an integral part of their health care. Yeah, they, they give a lot of interaction yeah, with the pharmacists. Yeah. No, I think so, and and I think – That's having, kind of the bottom line of this thing. When they started giving vaccines, when they started giving – I think it was the flu shot was the first one years ago that, that pharmacists right. were trained because they, they weren't – are, were they tra- always trained in vaccination pharmacists? I mean, I didn't think they I don't were. think so. That was either. always a primary care initiative right. early on. Yeah, the yeah. Nur- nurses. Yeah, and, nurses, and, yeah. And yeah. so when that started, I believe it started yeah. with flu, yeah. and then they that's went right. to the shingles vaccine. Up until just a few years ago, Dr. Yeah, Mark, you couldn't even get the flu shot in a pharmacy. Right, that's what I'm thinking. I yeah. think that's what yeah. it started the whole deal. Yeah. And so now you get your shingles vaccine, yeah. you get yeah. your – and then obviously you COVID-19. Get it all, yeah. Well, you so, know, I think part of that became because – of the lack of people won't go to wanting to go to primary care and the uh well the, the whole idea of national health policy well Wal- tried to open it up and Walgreens and CVS yep. were already trying to get into that hands-on market that's right that's right? right and yep. so yep. and it was curious to me cuz that all happened about the same time the, the minute clinics it did. and and how yep. that was related because you could right. imagine there the the at the end of the day they're trying to draw folks into their store right so you buy your prescription where right. your prescription is written, right? And you buy your other things too, right. and you know you've got to got to get got to get your snack on the yeah. way out. 
But uh, but you know, so that's that's all part of We've that. We've talked process. an awful lot about pharmacy. Let's that's uh, yeah, true. Let's flip over a little bit and talk about something that, as a physician, is near and dear to your heart, and that's prior authorization. Oh boy! And they did a study on this, and I bet you, if I asked ten physicians, they would all ten of them would tell you, "I don't like prior authorizations." No, no. It they claim that it adversely impacts patient care and workforce productivity because if you're having to get those authorizations in an office, it's almost a full-time job. Yeah, it is. No, you do. You have to hire. Talk about that for a minute, Dr. Mark. So prior authorizations basically mean that if you're going to have anything done, any procedure, you know, basically anything outside your annual visit. Anything that costs yeah, anything. Basically. Anything costs anything. <laughs> That's right. You, you have to have authorization from your insurance carrier. Right. And so depending on, let's see, in a surgeon's office, it, it's often – tied directly to what kind of surgery it is. And when you can schedule it, right? Um, Not, no, no, well, you have to wait for it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Yeah, But I mean, whether or not you need prior authorization or if you can, you can just do it. You can just schedule it. Many times you can't do the surgery until you get the prior authorization. Well, that's what prior authorization is. Yeah. So that, that, that means that, you, you wouldn't try to get it like if there are, if there are certain cases that you did that you don't need it, you you just do the case and then you bill. But, but getting well, the prior me, authorization me, is different from every every yeah, different carrier. Yeah, yeah. can take different amount of time, different steps. Let me give you a couple stats on this. In this survey, 51% of physicians reported that prior authorizations actually interfered with their patient's job responsibility. Yeah, no question. Yes. Yeah, no question. I mean, it's, And then 34% said prior authorizations led to a serious adverse event, including hospitalization, disability, and even death. Now, that may be taking it a little no, far, Dr. No, Mark. No, it, it's not. Talk it's about not. that. Because okay. you can have a significant delay of care. Okay. Okay, and, and we... They're we claiming can, people die because of this. Absolutely, because if, if yeah. you are ordering something, somebody comes in and you have a suspicion of a, or concern and you want to send them out to have, a, let's say, some type of x-ray done. And if they, they sometimes leave your office mm-hmm. with the x-ray script in their hand, but... You don't know. They show up at, at the radiology and they say, oh, we need to get prior authorization. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll give you, so the, I'll give you this delay one. In I'll care. give you this one. Okay. okay. Uh, my, my son fell on his arm the other day. Okay. And suspected his that shoulder? He, his, his wrist. Oh, his wrist. Okay. And uh, so sure enough, he gets a, he goes to see our upper extremity doc and mm-hmm. he takes an x-ray and says, hmm, I think this is a fracture, mm-hmm. but it's the scaphoid bone. It's one of the bones in the wrist. Okay. Very hard to be 100%. So before they commit him to a full cast, they put a soft cast on. They said, well, we're going to get an MRI. Right. Okay. That that MRI was ordered. Okay. Uh, they had a spot for, for him to get it done. And it's been, what they say? What, uh, three, and he's still uh, in yeah, the soft cast. He's still in the soft cast. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Three, four days later, they haven't. Well, that's interesting. Good, good insurance company that I won't, yeah. I won't, I won't mark, I buzz market. You. Yep. But they haven't gotten the authorization. That's crazy. But, well, just to go along with that, 93% of doctors said that, uh, prior authorizations report care delays while waiting for healthcare insurers to authorize. But also, this one was really interesting. Eighty-two percent of physicians responded that prior author- authorization can actually re- uh, lead, to, lead to treatment abandonment. Yeah, in other words, they, they just, just right. they just forget about it. So, are we are we even going to get the MRI? Are you kidding me? I mean, you know, yeah, no, no. Yeah. All those things, all those things are true. And but here's the kicker. Okay. Let's say we go through, we jump through all the hoops. Right. We get prior authorization, get an authorization number. Right. We go in, we do the surgery. Everything goes great. 
they come back and say, well, the authorization was not a guarantee of payment. That's right. And then they don't pay. And there's a disclaimer. Absolutely. Because the 100%. patient didn't pay their premium well, not, that month, well, not, therefore they're out. Well, that's that's one thing. That's a big one. But they yeah. can they but they can actually say yeah. that they don't think it was an indicated procedure, even though they preauthorized. Yeah, medically necessary. Yep. 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 Well, aside from the medically necessary in the Medicaid arena, Doctor Mark, I don't have to tell you this. Medicaid people re-establish their every eligibility month. every month. Right. Our docs get hosed on Medicaid yep. claims regularly. Regularly. Now, regularly. now suppose it, it, and if they re-up the next month, they may get ba- paid retroactively, yep. but yep. you can't force the family to get back into it. That's right. Just That's like right. if, a, if a child right. goes into the ER and they have no insurance, yep. they'll get care. Well, here's the but real and, bottom and if, line. And if, if, they, yep. if they apply for Medicaid, mm-hmm. Medicaid will actually pay for that visit. Exactly. But you can't make anybody apply. But, you know, the real bottom line, 8% of doctors actually indicated that a prior authorization delay has led to patient disability, permanent, permanent bodily harm, birth defect, and possibly death. Yeah, kind of gets your is attention, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it is. It, it, yeah. I, I don't know. The, the answer seems clear. Right? Only 7%. There, there should... Of physicians indicated that prior authorizations were not a problem. Yeah. Well, and they probably don't get them. That's right. They're They're plastic surgeons. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, there's uh, what there you know, like derm. You don't have to have an off uh, to do a biopsy. Cairo. Yeah, those kind of things. Yeah. You don't require off. Right. And so they call direct access in the insurance world. And and for us, it was always kind of insulting because if if I say somebody needs to have their hernia fixed. Why would I need an authorization? Exactly. If, if, if I'm on your I'm on your group. Yeah. Like, yeah. did the insurance company evaluate that patient? No. <laughs> Man, we, we ended this on a on an ugly Dr. note, Mark, Larry. It's been a great discussion today. I agree. See you next week. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.